0: Hello my friends and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am very excited today to be here with Ashley Howe. Ashley is the Parks and Recreation Director for the town of Corta. I should have checked this this with you Ashley. Corta Madera. Did I get that right? Oh, awesome! Awesome! You know, I'm not a California native, so these these California cities uh, are, are are a little uh, tough sometimes. But um, Ashley is a 2002 uh, graduate of our program. Very excited to have you today, Ashley.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thank you for being here. Um, so, director of parks and recreation, we're going to um, we're going to eventually uh, get to your current position and talk about that and how you got the position. You've been in um, been a director for for one year after um, after a period of time working in municipal recreation. Ashley has been a a stalwart in mun- municipal recreation and in the California Park and Recreation. Society. We met a long time ago. She was not. Um, she graduated before the Greenwoods arrived on the scene. But um, as Dr. Hendricks has uh, has always done over the years, he's great at, at introducing us to alumni. And so Ashley and I have have seen each other at conferences over the years and whatnot. And very excited to reconnect today. So Ashley, uh, we like to. We we like to let the listeners get to know you a little bit better, find out where you came from and, and all of that. So uh where where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Marin County. So I'm living and working in the same county that I grew up in. So right. Right yeah, it's kind of nice to be, you know, a hometown hero. We always talked about hometown heroes in Cal Poly, and so I kind of feel like coming back and giving back to what I've learned is really is really great. Full
0: circle. That, that's right. You know, we we've talked about reviving that hometown heroes program a couple of a couple of times over the years, and um, I, I love that. And so much of, um, you know, we hear all the time from. Um, from students, like, how did you hear about us? Well, I had a friend, you know, I had a friend in high school, or I had a, um, you know, a uh, a cousin, or or an aunt, or or whatever, or or a coworker in parks and recreation, or, or whatever. So that's that's super cool. What did your parents do when you were growing up, Ashley?
1: Uh, my mom is an educator. She is a, a trained medical technologist, CLS. So she actually taught at San Francisco State a one year overlap or a semester overlap when I got my masters there.
0: Oh, so, right yes,
1: yeah, she just recently retired and my dad was in commercial real estate. Oh, cool.
0: Right on. Very cool. So yeah. what about siblings? Do you have any siblings growing up?
1: I am an only child.
0: You are? Yeah. All right. An only child. I love yeah. it. But not a spoiled only child, I'm sure. Well, of no.
1: course not.
0: No, no, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. So okay. what were you-
1: Kind of an ahead. interesting thing about my, my dad uh, didn't finish his college at Purdue, but he wanted to live vicariously through me and he actually found my major.
0: That's awesome. So, my, my
1: daddy picked my major <laughs> and it's your
0: major for <laughs> you. I love it. And you, and then yeah. now, all these years later, you're still doing it. Your dad exactly. must've been in touch with what, what he, he knew you liked. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so, um, uh, it, uh, you, let's talk about what, what, what you were like growing up, you know, I mean, obviously par- parks and recreation, we have a tendency to think sports because sports is like the, the front porch, right. With the, with youth sports and, 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 um, but a- as you obviously know, parks and recreation is a holistic element. So, so what were you like? Were you into drama? Were you a, were you an arts kid or were or were you into sports?
1: I think I'm uh, the stereotypical recreator. I was always in sports. I was told to narrow down my sports focus. You know, swimming, soccer, softball. Then I got into horses, so that kind of limited the seasons, different things. So I did actually did horses at Cal Poly for uh, the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association. But oh, no um, narrowing everything down, I'm just I've always been a joiner, and when I join, I tend to seek out leadership opportunities. Mm-hmm. So 4-H, and that definitely you know feeds into a lot of the learn by doing with Cal Poly, but all kinds of disciplines, the science, the arts, the ornamental horticulture, which was my backup major in case I didn't get into recreation. <laughs>
0: that <wasn't> um, a... <laughs> yeah. So
1: I've always like sought out those leadership opportunities and gotten involved with things. So it still continues today with CPRS. And luckily with CPRS, there's a million different avenues of leadership you can take.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, I love it. So did you, uh, uh, ornamental horticulture? So did you take floral design when you were here? Yep. Best lab I ever took. I was going to (laughs) say, yeah, we, uh, we have, uh, we have so many of our students over the years that have taken that floral design class Mm. and what a, what a fabulous, uh, what a fabulous, uh, class. And, and, um, I, I imagine it's very fun. Um believe it or not, I am into flowers. I have uh I, I grow wildflowers in my yard and um I'm the one who picks the flowers and makes the bouquets in our house. So I, I love <laughs> nice. that. I love that. So um, Growing up in Marin County, obviously you're you're somewhat close to to Cal Poly, but um, uh, like I said, there there's there's usually some form of connection. Did did you have um, did you have a connection to Cal Poly? What's the story behind how you found out about Cal Poly?
1: My Cal Poly connection is that through all of my engagements and um, and activities and growing up from very little and getting into horses my neighbor that lived behind me was part of, you know, the cool older girls in the neighborhood that had horses uh-huh. and she went to Cal Poly. And oh. I thought everything Lindsay did was amazing. Uh, uh, so I, I wanted to be a veterinarian like she did. And uh-huh. then I wanted to do landscape design for golf courses. And then my dad found recreation and every single thing that I thought that I wanted to do was something that Cal Poly excelled at.
0: Right. So That on. was the place. Right. There was no other place to go. Okay, awesome. Yep. And, and when you came down and visited, you you fell in love?
1: When I actually came down to visit, we were doing a little bit of a college tour, went to Santa Barbara first, and I kind of uh-huh. walked on the campus and I was like, I don't need to take the tour. This isn't the right fit. <laughs> and so then my next stop was Cal Poly and we're kind of doing the tour and, you know, walking. And we're like, okay, you know, it's kind of weird, you know it's like, you know, it, this is how I'm going to decide where I'm going to go for the next four years. Yeah. And we're almost back up to the admin building, um, on perimeter and two people in this large group of adults start yelling and screaming my name from across the street and running across the street. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is mortifying. And it was two of my PE teachers from high school and they were there for, you know, some kind of, you know, function or retreat. And yeah. it was just like, the connection follows you at Cal Poly. You always have people that are connected <laughs> and the, you know, inviting and nobody has anything bad to say
0: right I love that what a great story what a great story um, so I I, um, I I don't know this for a fact Ashley but I have a I have a feeling that once you got to Cal Poly you were pretty involved based on what you based on what you told me so um so you know we don't have to get into the entirety of, of your leadership and and uh, professional development efforts but um you know I think for for our current students in particular who are listeners of the podcast I think it helps to hear um, to, to hear alumni talk about what they got involved in and and what they would would recommend to students in terms of, of getting that experience right we already have and I talk about this a lot we already have the built-in advantage of learn by doing right now I don't know if you know this or not but um, dr. Carrie Schwab and I uh, r- wrote a um, wrote the the book on learn by doing for cal poly believe it or not cal poly never had a book on learn by doing so in 2017 we we published a book on it and um and that's one of the things we we discovered that whether it's real or perceived you have that built-in advantage of learn-by-doing when you go out into, professional, into the professional world because that's what employers want to see, right? They want people who can hit the ground running. Um, but obviously, it's better to be real than perceived, right? It's better to actually um, build your experience while you're here. So, t- so talk about um, some of the really important things that you did while you were here to, to, to build that experience.
1: I think from the very first class, I mean, we had such an advantage of, you know, declaring your major going in and you kind of forcing your concentration and really your research on what what you're getting yourself into and whether that's really fitting your needs and what your goals are. And so starting right away in coursework and making those connections with your colleagues that you end up going through the same track with um, is really great because it builds the family. But it also, I think the first class that we took, it was... Here's your registration form for CPRS. And we're gonna to go to a district date function in and, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go see all the senior projects and we're gonna, you know, root on our students that are displaying their their posters and stuff. And, you know, it's day one engagement. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing that Cal Poly is in general, but I would say specifically our department you know, back when I joined it was Recreation Administration, it's evolved over the years quite a right, bit. Right. But, you know, those connections is the personal and, you know, that's our whole industry We're we're people, people, um, you know, this shutdown is is crazy, because it goes against all of our, mm-hmm. our nature and why we're here. But um, I think getting involved right away and getting in, and being exposed to CPRS, and then the connections that we build within our coursework, and you know, all of the activities that we get out and do. So whether we're trying to learn You know, recreation through an adaptive lens and actually going out and using the modified bikes around campus and feeling what it feels like to have people look at you and observe what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what gives you the experiential, you know, understanding of, you know, what you're getting into in your industry. And, um, you know, we had recreation administration majors club. So I was part of Ram Club. Um, I was the AG council advisor for that, and oh. um, you know the best thing was at the very end, um, the last quarter we initiated Rofi Lambda. Yeah, right. So part of the founding founding members of Rofi Lambda. I'm so happy that it's still going on.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah. And, um, and, and you'll be happy to know that, that many of those things that you talked about are still going on. I, I taught, um, or I have taught RPTA 101 for many years and and kept that district eight, um, uh, district eight uh, uh, workshop conference uh, attendance going for many years. You know, obviously this past year, we weren't able to do it. And there were a couple of years that it didn't work out, but, uh, but yeah, we, we really, um, we really value, obviously, that professional development and, um, you know, I remember the year you you probably remember the year that we took 60 students to CPRS and everybody had their black shirts on and every the, you know we were the the talk of the town and that that was so great. We're um, you know, it's been a little bit difficult in recent years because it, it usually like falls over spring break or finals week or whatever. So we haven't been able to take as many students to that, but we've we've really doubled down on the conferences and going to lots of different conferences with our students. So in Interested in lots of different areas, so that's great. So let's talk about, um, you know, obviously every student um, who comes through the major has to get an internship, and um, uh, let's talk about that process and and what you uh, what what you found as an internship and how you found it and that story.
1: Well, I actually just wrote an article for the spring newsletter for the development and operations section that just came out. And so uh-huh. I kind of actually, I, I wrote an article for that and kind of addressing those points exactly of building relationships to um, to basically get the position that you want. Yep. And my opening line is really, you know, I confess municipal recreation was not my intention, hmm. but it's become my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you end up in a, in a, you know, down a channel that you didn't intend to, but it really is the right fit for you. Um, at Cal Poly, I was, um, a sports management and marketing concentration with aquatics specialization. Uh-huh. So I wanted to work, you know, you know, professional sports. I wanted to be the community relations director for the Giants or, uh-huh. which I actually had a friend that ended up in that position, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> from my sorority at Cal Poly, No but, way! Um, tell,
0: me, tell me who, you know, you know, I work with them. Who, who do oh, you know?
1: Yeah, it was Jamie Fulford. So oh, right she, she was in that position.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Okay, but cool. I really,
1: I wanted to seek out professional sports because I loved the personal um, the personalization of going out and doing the events of athletes and mixing with the community and kind of facilitating that engagement. Mm-hmm. But it was so hard. And I did my internship during winter. And mm-hmm. you really have to know people to get into that industry in general. Yeah. And so I was super disappointed and I was kind of at a crossroad and I had just finished my um, summer work in Marinwood, uh, with a, a recreation supervisor that really believed in me. And she's like, Well, you didn't get it, but you know, you could come here. I'll build whatever you want. <laughs> Give me your curriculum. I'll make an internship. Stay here. Oh, that's so awesome. She, she's become, you know, my mentor, whether she likes it or not. And we're still really <laughs> good friends now. Um, but she, she created and facilitated that, you know, that environment for me, created a whole new special event that keeps going. And, um, you know, that's, you know, I stayed in municipal recreation from there, kind of did a little touch in some private recreation, but, uh, municipality is really what I like.
0: You know, I, I just love hearing that story, Ashley, because, um, you know, I, I remember back to, uh, I, I remember back when I was, I was, a. Uh, a a younger person right in in my teens and twenties. And, and I remember in my twenties, even like, I I would say things like, are there going to be parents there? Are there going to be adults there? And if, if so, I don't want to be anywhere near it. Right. I mean, I had this thing that like adults, stink and um I want to be near I want to be near youth right and um and in in everything that I do and so it was almost like I I built up this thing that I couldn't talk to to, to older um uh, to to adults you know in my head adults even though I was becoming an adult at that point point. and so I think it's very important to form those relationships with professionals out there you know obviously we still require the 1000 hours of volunteer or paid Service And, you know, I tell students every day, don't, don't be a disengaged worker. You know, if you're working for, um, if you're working for a restaurant, don't just, don't just wait tables, you know, ask the manager what you can do to help with marketing and building your skills there. Ask if there's anything else you can do. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that that is critically important. And what you said, that building of relationships, because, um, you you know we we always we all have our our um our dream jobs that that when when we're you know knee high to a grasshopper all the way up to senior year in college but um but that that morphs and and I had the same thing happen just like you just said I I um I I fell into campus recreation even though I was a college student who I think graced the doors of the recreation center once in my four years and walked in and saw everybody on like the elliptical machines and the bikes looking at me. And I was kind of a little bit overweight, you know, college kid. And I walked in and turned around and walked right back out and was like, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up in campus recreation, uh, you know, with a career in campus recreation and and loved it. And um, and so I think it's so important to be open to to different, um, to different avenues. So so let's talk about let's talk about your your experience in rising through the ranks of municipal recreation um, you know obviously like like most uh institutions in um in the united states there is a hierarchical um there is a hierarchical system everybody doesn't um uh graduate college and become the director of uh of parks and recreation you have to work your way up to that and so you know you were a recreation supervisor with um the city of uh Benicia, and I Getting that right,
1: is Benicia.
0: Benicia. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew Benicia I was mess, you're an I old knew I, I knew I was going to mess one of them up, and then also yeah. with uh, <laughs> San Rafael. So tell us about that experience and working. You know, you 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 had a you had 12 years working as a recreation supervisor in a couple of different um, towns. Are those both Marin? I know San Rafael is is um, Benicia, uh,
1: uh, Marin County. No, Benicia is in Solano County, so it's one of our neighboring.
0: Oh, it is, but it is close. Yeah. Okay. it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, tell us what it was like there for that that twelve years. I know it's difficult in a couple of minutes to summarize what it was like in twelve years, but um, what's it like working as a recreation supervisor? What do you do? Um, uh, what are what are some of the expectations? Um, uh, those sorts of things.
1: Well, quick foundation. I got my uh, hours in the industry when I applied for Cal Poly by working at uh, the YMCA camp for inaugural horse camp. Right. So that got me my, my industry hours. Um, so I have the summer camp background. And then with my work in, um, summers during college, I was in aquatics. So I had the aquatics background and aquatics really is like the launching pad for anything because you learn facility mm-hmm. maintenance, you learn, learn staff management you have, you know, safety, extreme safety, Um, you have marketing, you have, you have all of that stuff. So you get everything in that and you get HR. Um, So from there I went to the Tiburon Peninsula Club. First was my first full-time job and that was event planner. Um, So I did kind of did the overall staff trainings. And then from there I went to the city of Benicia for seven and a half years as the recreation supervisor. And so there I was had the opportunity to oversee the youth division, some special events, park rentals, facility rentals, youth commission, which turned out to be really enriching and, and, and a great opportunity. Um, but, you know, I think I loved being in Venetia, but I just ran out of things to challenge. Sure. So um, unfortunately I didn't, I never wanted to leave, but it was really nice opportunity to come home to Santa Fe, which is actually my hometown. Yeah. And so coming to Santa Fe, I had again, you know, different opportunities than I thought I was going to be. I came in as athletics and, you know, adults, adult basketball, men's basketball, and um, softball. And I played softball one year, and I played basketball one year. And those are not my gifts. Right. (laughs) You walk in, you learn as much as you can. It's really about the people management, learning the rules, getting organized, and you don't have to be an expert in everything. You just you just find the right resources around you and you tap into those resources. So again, the connection building
0: yeah and and an organization is key right there's a lot a lot of moving parts and um i, I think uh I think when we see the glitz and the glamour of like the professional sports and, and, um, and, and organizing in those spaces, uh, there's a lot of attention to detail there too. Don't get me wrong, but, um, but, you know, it, <laughs> managing, managing an adult sports league, <laughs> the, the organizational skills and the conflict resolution skills that you need to be able to do something like that or, 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 are pretty, it's pretty impressive to be able to pull it off. Not everybody can pull it off um, in a, uh, in a seamless manner. So I, uh, I give you kudos there. It's like you earn your stripes in municipal recreation. If you can, yes. uh, if you can manage adult and youth sports, right? Uh, Conflict plus testosterone is a good test of your, your will. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I would imagine, you know, I would imagine San Rafael's a little bit better than being in like, um, Houston, Texas, uh, might be a little bit more, uh, might be a little bit more conflict, uh, uh in a, a place like that. That's a little bit more hardcore about their sports, but, um, but still, uh, Anytime someone's competing, um, there's, there's, uh, those issues that come along with it. So let's talk about now, um, Ashley, your current position, you know, you've reached the top, um, uh, as a, as a director of parks and recreation and, um, I uh, I want to say first of all um, congratulations it's a huge um, I, I know what a leader that you have been in the California par- California Park and Recreation Society and um, and that's building your professional development to ultimately get to this position of being a director and um, and so congratulations we're very proud of you here at Cal Poly um, so let's talk about that experience of um, of becoming a director and um, and and what it has been like I guess it's 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 obviously been a um, a unique year for your first uh, director position um, but but let's let's talk a little bit about the the process and how you how you became a director
1: sure well one of the early early on um, comments that I had and suggestions from meeting with professionals so while I did my internship with Mernwood Community Services district um, one of the challenges that my supervisor put me in um, uh, responsible for was connections and building relationships. Mm-hmm. So she actually arranged interviews with me for um, multiple people around the the county, so that I built relationships and learned what their path is. Because as everyone in recreation knows, everyone's path is completely different, and it takes a couple different turns along the way. Yeah. So it's really it's really interesting to hear what people's paths are and see what's a possibility, especially when you're entering the the industry and you're new and you're not really sure what to expect um, or where you really want to go. Um so I built those relationships from you know when I was 19 and um from starting to work in Marinwood and then when I graduated in 2002 I already had these connections and these are people that are now retiring or, you know, towards the end of their careers, but they're still my very good friends and colleagues and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they told me that when you can't, again, you can't know everything, but you can know the people that know everything to fill in the voids and be your resources. And you right. build those relationships so that you have people that are willing and supportive of you. Right. So um, I can't, I didn't grow up in the park side of it or the maintenance side of it. I grew up on the recreation side. Um, So I joined the development operations section of CPRS and I joined the leadership roles in that because I wanted to make those industry resources with the vendors, the professionals in maintenance and facility design and park Mm -hmm. planning Mm -hmm. so that I had those people to fill in the voids that I didn't have. And that's really what helped me qualify for the position that I was in Um, and having gone through a playground uh, renovation and improvement plan in in the city of Santa Fel. Right.
0: Well, that's, that's just, that's just fabulous advice to, 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 to anyone in any career is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and working from a professional development, not only from a professional development standpoint, from, from a connection standpoint to really build that. I, I love it. I, You know, as a, a RPTA 101 instructor, you know, talking about the, uh, a lot of people forget that the early conflict between parks and Records, there, there was a conflict in the early days. We, we weren't always parks and recreation in this uh this uh marriage that worked really well the parks people and the recreation people didn't get along very well because parks people wanted to be passive and um not a lot of action and the recreation people wanted active and uh and so it but it has been a marriage that has worked pretty well over the years now and so that's great to hear you hear you talk about it let's um you know, we we talked about this a little bit off air before we started, but I want to get into it now with you, if you if you don't mind. Obviously, the last year with the global pandemic has been a, a huge struggle. Um, but one of the things that 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 I have seen here in San Luis Obispo um, is our Parks and Recreation Department being leaders and being essential workers. You know, setting up. Um, uh, uh, after, I don't know, you you wouldn't call it after school, setting up chi- essentially childcare for um, for essential workers who have to go to work that that have to have somewhere for their kids to go. And and so uh, we talked about it before. Um, w- w- it's not necessarily, uh, Parks and Recreation is not necessarily labeled essential workers, or, or I don't think people in their minds think of of parks and recreation as essential workers in this global pandemic, but you really are. And, um, so can you talk about some of the efforts that you guys, um, some of the, some of the challenges and some of the opportunities that that have been afforded to, um, to you during the the pandemic?
1: Sure. The, the last quote normal day was Friday the 13th, um, here in March, and I started day two of COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> I started on March 17th. So I was handed my laptop and my HR paperwork through the window and asked to fill it out and then sent home because I'd come back from CPRS. Nice. So I'd traveled. So, you know, your first two weeks, you're going to be working from home too. <laughs> right. um, but really positioning, I mean, those first, you know, few months of just, you know, scatter, chaos, organize, communicate, scatter, chaos, organize, communicate with anybody that we knew in our industry. And luckily, we have formed through CPRS these, you know, COVID check-in and chats, and they were weekly through all of the different sections. Um, And then they kind of spaced out to, you know, every other week, you know, towards the summer and then uh, development operations, I think we were the last ones to, to host a monthly version or... Bi-monthly version in September, and we continue to do a 15 minutes before each of our board meetings monthly. Mm-hmm. But um, the amount of signage that we had to do and community education and outreach, and we didn't really have a social media platform that was well used in Corda Madeira when I began. So we relaunched, you know, our use of Facebook and Nextdoor and Instagram and anything that we possibly could do, updated our website, created, you know, the virtual recreation and resource pages that not only had activities, you know, defined by each age group, you know, from preschool to school age to teens and adults and seniors that had um, virtual opportunities and online resources and crafts and, you know, different things to keep people engaged, mm-hmm. but also the, so the media outlets of, you know, connecting to the county for the, you know, the next information on COVID and the pandemic and restrictions and closures and openings and closures and openings and, openings and reopenings. Right. Um, you know, it's a constant change. And I I actually was invited to be a part of the Marin Recovers um, group. And I was the industry lead for for parks and outdoor recreation. So it was great because I had the inside knowledge we were building and projecting these policies for the county to review and public health to say, okay, well, we can reopen under these guidelines that's suggested by our industry experts. And you know, I got involved with a bunch of different varieties from charter boat fishing, which I don't know anything about charter boat fishing, <laughs> <laughs> right. to, uh, to to golf and tennis and, you know, regular recreation and playgrounds. Uh-huh. Um, so we've switched everything. And, you know, the things. there's a couple of things that I'm really proud of our department in general is that uh-huh. we had to, you know, we were planning a summer camp. Um, and so we delayed the start of our summer camp um, until the second week in July, but they are, my team built, you know maybe four different versions of how it could work, you know, a virtual option as well as an in-person option. And we ended up going with just an in-person option based on the community feedback. And we didn't have any COVID scares that program. We, you know, we were waiting, waiting, waiting to start camp. And then now they're never ever going to be able to stop it because we've switched into the school year uh-huh. and we're on school campus next door and we're providing the school year support. So our school district is doing an AMPM cohorts, uh-huh. and so we're providing the service and the cohorts that match the opposite service, oh. um, as well as after school programs. And we're doing the continuing um, learning hours and minutes that the school needs to do for the for the kids.
0: Right. Wow. That's so great. That's so awesome to hear. And it's um, you know, I, I my like I said, I have I have a number of friends in in slow parks and recreation, and whenever I see them, I'm just like. Uh, I, I can't you know we're so many of us are just stuck in our homes and and working virtually. and um and um if you don't go out there and you don't see, you don't even realize what's going on almost not really behind the scenes, but it almost feels like it's behind the scenes, right? Because so many of us are just stuck in our homes. And, um, and so I just, just applaud you so much for, for, for being out there and being a leader and being someone who is, um, is uh, really ultimately helping our communities thrive. And, and that's such a, such a huge thing. You know, I want to talk a little bit. I, I, I like, um, I like engaging in, um, in this talk about experiences, um, one because I I want to I want to make sure that alumni connect with us and understand that we have not. Pivoted away from from what we care about and what we value, and um, and uh, in in our shift to experience industry management, you know, really ultimately experience industry management. Our ideal behind it was that it became an umbrella term, right? Rather than rather than saying parks, recreation, events, sports, tourism, hospitality, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you eventually have to come up with a term that kind of fits and experience industry did that for us and um and so but 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 at the same time we have to make sure that our um that our core values aren't lost that our roots aren't lost and and obviously parks and recreation is a is a big part of that and we still have those connections and we still believe very strongly and in, um in, in at least um uh, making sure our students understand that it's a it's a great path to be able to um, to go down so I, I would like to reflect a little bit with you or, or or have you reflect a little bit on what you're doing relative to experience design one of the things that we've realized in this shift it is that there has become this um and, and one of our one of our faculty members, um, Dr. Andrew Lacanienta, is is very big in the uh, lab that is working with the theory of structured experiences and really trying to get theory and then application behind everything that we do. And it's ultimately what we've discovered is that whether you're a bank or a parks and recreation department, a hospital, or uh, the Golden State Warriors, you're trying to you're trying to co-create experiences. And I heard you say that a couple of times when when we were talking earlier about that, that really listening. And right, you said the youth commission, the youth council, you know. I I have a couple of famous examples of case studies that from from classes where, you know, people build teen centers and then they wonder why no teens show up. And then they finally ask the teens and they're like, um, yeah, we're not into playing pool. We we want to we want to play video games, or you know, we want to do something else. So, so can you talk about um, what you see this 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 element of, of co-creating experiences? Do you see it that way? Do you feel like graduates who have those skills um, will benefit in in moving forward in a, in a career in municipal recreation?
1: I mean, definitely, I think the the key to recreation in general, but definitely municipal recreation is the community engagement piece. And that begins with your staff. So if you create a team that is engaged with each other and connected and comfortable and networked outside of your agency, they get ideas and they keep growing personally. And then their confidence builds and their desire to reach out to the community and engage in different ways. Um, right now we are, so one of the other things I was really proud of our team for during, um, you know, during this pandemic is Mm -hmm. reaching out to our seniors. Um, we had over 700 names that we started calling every week just to say, Hey, how are you doing? Do you have all the resources you need? Is someone checking in on you? And, and our staff has kept logs and, you know, what engagements they're doing, what kind of physical activities, making sure that they're being checked in on and given the opportunity to take themselves off the list. And it's gone down to about, um, 75 um, but then at Christmas time, when we we're going to have a week of closure, we call everybody again. Um, and they really appreciate it. And, you know, we would call everybody regardless of whether they ever picked up. We'd have tracking that, you know, somebody didn't call, didn't answer the phone or make a recognition in, you know, five weeks. But then all of a sudden, week six, they're like, hey, you know, I'm getting your messages. Thank you. Yeah, please keep me on the list. It's nice to hear that someone's checking in with me. I might not answer. Um, so that's the engagement piece so that when we're ready to reopen, we have all these people that we've built relationships with some of them now that we have some couple of new staff during this pandemic that we have the ability to like now introduce each other by face. And we've been sending out, you know, cards to people that need a little bit of extra pick me up and can working with our business community. And we have a nothing bun bun cakes um, in the area and the chamber connected with us because they wanted to give out some free stuff. So we gave out bun cakes, the buntinis to some of the seniors for, you know, a hundredth birthday. And, you know, it's, that's the kind of stuff that, you don't originally think is going to be meaningful for a staff. You think it's kind of meaningful for the community. But then when you hear the neighbors of the person that got the, you know, hundred and something birthday card that had all of our staff sign it and they're like, Oh my God, that made such a big difference in their world and you really picked up their spirits. That's why we're here. And then our staff feel that. And you're like, Oh yeah, you know, it's just a phone call. And you're like, yeah, some of them talk for like 20 minutes and some of them don't answer, but you get a couple of those things and it kind of refuels your energy and yeah. um, we're turning that opportunity um, right now we're, we're in the final drafts of our community engagement survey for our master plan for our parks and, and recreation services for the whole community. So, you know, those pieces are really important. And like you said, with the, you know, the teens, we have to ask and reach out to these community groups and, you know, our community um, meetings are going to be a little bit different. We're going to be virtual, but that might, engage more people or different people than you would have had come down to town hall. Um, people can come from the comfort of their homes. Maybe teens are going to be in there because they're much more apt to use our technology to connect than some of our seniors might've. So it's really reaching out to the people you can't, yeah, you can't, you know, if you build it, they will come. That doesn't work in recreation.
0: Right. <laughs> you got to right.
1: build it for them with them right. in mind and with them a part of it because if they feel a part of it, they're going to come and be a part of it.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, um, uh, you guys, you guys couldn't see it, but um, Ashley uh, continued, um, continued talking there. She showed what a leader she 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 is just now, because she continued talking, because she could see that I was um uh, I, that I'm over here bawling um after uh, after hearing her um, talk about, about, about the program with the seniors, you know, I, um, you, you never had me in class, Ashley, but, but those who've had me in class know that I'm a crier. And so, um, you know, you started talking about, um, about reaching out and, um, you know, I think that's, um, it's, it's really, it's really what it's all about is, is community and thinking about those who are, are most vulnerable and, um, you know, uh, I've been been lucky enough to to obviously keep a job and and to have a, a a loving family around me and and a loving community but but so many people don't and then just hearing you say i mean what a, what a meaningful thing to be able to reach out to 700 different seniors. I mean, wow. I just, I can't applaud that enough. That is just, just so amazing. And, um, and so, uh, uh, kudos there to, to you and your staff and, um, just, uh, just fabulous. And, um, you know, I, I know we all, as we, um, as we think about, as we think about reopening and we think about coming out of this pandemic and, and what, um, what we miss most. And I, I know I can say definitively, I, I, miss, uh, I miss hugs, you know, I miss, I miss giving hugs to my friends and to my family. And, uh, you made me think a lot about my family back in North Carolina. And, uh, so, uh, thanks for, thanks so much for sharing that. And so, and thanks so much to, for all that you've, that you've done over the years and in, in, in giving back, I know you recently had an intern in, um, in Perry, uh, N- N- Naley, I, I, I always Perry, I'm sorry. I know Perry's going to be listening to this. And, uh, you know, I, I used to, actually, I used to be the one that get, got to read off the, um, at, at commencement, I got to read off the list of names, right. Of, of graduates. And so they always phonetically told me how they, to pronounce their names. And Perry has always been one of those where I'm like, I can never remember whether it's noll or naily do you know wh- whether it is you know it? i'm terrible at
1: pronunciation too i always <laughs> refer to it as nolly yeah. nolly
0: okay yeah. very nolly okay well i think we pronounce it three different ways perry so hopefully we got one of them <laughs> but uh but ashley over the years has really given back and and perry um was a recent um intern who who nominated ashley to to be on the podcast so i want to give a shout out to perry and and give a shout out um to your internship program as well. So, um, you know, if students are, are interested in an internship, um, what, what, what advice would you give, um, let, let's end with that. Like, what advice would you give, not just interested in um, an internship at, with, with um, Corta Madera, but, but with, with any um, municipal recreation organization, um, what advice would you give to students?
1: You know, I think the most important thing is being able to communicate what you want out of the internship. Um, I listened to Perry and asked her a bunch of questions, and I know that her focus at Cal Poly was really the special events. And, you know, entering a pandemic, there was no guarantee of when we were going to have any special events, let alone any kind of small modified ones. Mm-hmm. But I heard her say that, and I wanted to engage her in other things. I knew she had a background in um in uh, camp settings so she's actually been filling in with some of our our camp which is our school year support Mm -hmm. as well as doing a couple of small um, readings with the library and collaboration so some of them were in person some of them turned virtual Um, but really what I learned from my internship was the value and the connections and being forced by for me it was out of my comfort zone to go and meet with professionals so I um I've kind of 10, 10 times fold got her involved with other professionals. So not only did I have her meet with people within our agency, um, within our industry, but then within the county, within agencies that were in the area that she grew up in that she might want to work in, right. um, aquatics, camps, special events, um, but also wanted to introduce her to people that had already gone up the the chain. So meeting with our city clerk, our town manager and then with a neighboring town manager that came up through recreation. So to show that there's an expansive avenues. And then also introducing her to one of my uh, my friends from Cal Poly from a different industry that went to the Salesforce. Mm. So getting her involved with Salesforce, because I heard her say that the experience that she had at Dreamforce was one of the things that inspired her the most. Right. So connecting her with a, with a colleague and a friend from college in that industry, anything that I can do to expose her to areas that she thinks she might be interested so that she can learn more and make more connections within those. So I think that if you're entering an internship, you really have to communicate what you want, what you think your goals might be, and then see and ask for, for connections. You know, yeah. again, it's connections that get you in the door.
0: I, you know, I, I just love, I just love that. And, um and what you, what you just said, um, probably more than, than, than anything that I've ever said in, um, <laughs> in a class is, is value is so, so valuable for students to hear, particularly during a pandemic, because, you know, you might not get that, uh, uh, that internship, that, that, that perfect internship that you want, um, but the connections that you can make right? I mean, so you just gave an example of working in municipal recreation, but yet it's not like the only people that, you know, as director of parks and recreation for uh, for, for a city, it's not like the only people, you know, are in municipal recreation. So you never know those connections that that person might be able to give you in other areas. And so I, I think it's, it's critically important um, for students to, to keep that positive energy, to keep that optimism, I mean, I worked in a number of positions that, um, uh, over the years that, that, we're not my dream jobs, you know, we're not my dream industries. Um, but, but if you keep a positive outlook and I don't get me wrong, I didn't always keep a positive outlook, but if you do keep that positive outlook and, and make those connections, I think more than anything, that's, that's just such a huge benefit. And so I thank you for, for that wonderful insight, Ashley, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. We laughed, we cried. Um, we, uh, uh, we, we uh, engaged virtually, right? This is some, some, um, some, some pandemic specific uh, type stuff that we're doing here. So uh, I love it. And um, thank you so much for for everything that you do. And thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you. Well, I can't be in there in person and I love Cal Poly, but uh, please eat a Firestone
0: sandwich for me. Okay. All right. right, Will do. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley.